Chapter 15 Scouts What's the last thing you remember? It's the natural question to ask yourself when where are you and how did you get here both turn up empty, but it can be a hard one to answer. The mind is not a cassette tape able to rewind past a splice and say, conclusively, this is the last thing I remember. It's scrambled. We just usually don't notice that because it's usually not hard to unscramble. For example, it's easy to figure that your most recent memory involved lying in bed when you're waking up in that same bed. You take the current situation and extrapolate backward, landing neatly on the image of you pulling up the covers and drifting off. That seems right. That's probably what happened last. But when you wake up in a place you don't recognize, extrapolating backward might hit nothing. Do you remember walking to the place? No. Falling asleep in a car, maybe? No. Getting mugged, robbed, beaten, or kidnapped? Drinking a lot? Taking drugs? Being sick? No on all counts. No line you can draw between your current XYZ to an XYZ in the past. You might start to worry now, might be breathing quickly, your body surging with sudden anxious energy. What's the last thing you remember? Think. There are images of falling asleep, but also of waking up, of friends and the office and the daily commute. You arrange and rearrange them, your confidence in their chronology shaken. It isn't forgetting what you had for breakfast. It's forgetting which breakfast was today, which yesterday, which three days ago. There was normal life, in one sequence or another, and now there's this. Disorientation is, in part, peering fruitlessly into this neural fog. Like any good pilot, you have to stop peering and rely on your instruments instead. The facts. All right, Cam. Time to focus. What is this place? A meadow by a river. The water bends sharply, encircling Cam on two sides. Most of the remaining space is taken up by forest, with only a narrow isthmus of meadow between the tree line and the river. There's no beach, just an abrupt drop-off. The river is far enough away that part of it is obscured by the ground, preventing Cam from seeing the water nearest to him. Nowhere I recognize. But civilization can't be too far off. Cam replies silently to himself, eyeing a small garden at his feet. Beside it, there's a rusty garden hoe and a pile of carrots. On an intuitive level, these facts mean little to Cam, whose gardening experience is limited to the guardianship of a single tomato plant, many years ago, on the deck of his parents' suburban home. To understand the garden at his feet, he considers it logically, deliberately, taking his time to strip it of useful information. Let's see. Carrots take a long time to go bad, right? Like a month or more, judging by the time we forgot a bunch in the back of the crisper. These look fine, but that just means they could be minutes old, weeks old, or anywhere in between. They are sitting right on top of the dirt, though. Not sunk in at all. If it had rained, the carrots might be a little bit more settled in. Cam looks up, shielding his eyes from the glare of the sun. Not a cloud in sight. Huh. Cam grumbles. Still not helpful. But the dirt on the carrots is a bit damp. And the dirt on the garden hoe? It's damp as well, Cam sees after picking up the tool and inspecting it. The garden must have been worked on recently if the upturned soil hasn't had time to dry out. 
Do you harvest with a hoe? I feel like you don't. But I guess you could if the carrots were stuck and you had no other tool. Or if you just had no idea what you were doing. As he ponders this, Cam runs a finger along the garden hose edge. It's jagged, as if someone had been butchering it against rocks, trying to, what, break it? Sharpen it, Cam mutters, noting that most of the garden's carrots have been left in the dirt. Whoever was pulling them out stopped before the job was done. Cam freezes at the sound. It came from the river, the close edge that Cam can't see. Scanning the water, he flips the garden hoe, brandishing it like an axe. His mind races with theories, and he quickly decides how to react to this potential threat. Someone obviously brought Cam out here, given that he doesn't remember walking to this meadow. They didn't tie him up, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're friendly. They might have just figured he'd stay unconscious while they went to bathe or swim, whatever they were doing in the river. So is the garden theirs, or did they chase away whoever was tending it? Why did they leave Cam the hoe, especially if it's supposed to be a weapon? The pieces don't fit, but that's all Cam can come up with in the second before... It comes from the other side of the bend, indicating that whoever it is has moved, or that there are two of them. Cam almost breaks for the forest. No, get the food first. He grabs the carrots and starts stuffing them into his pockets, making his pants feel tight with the extra mass. Fear, acting on a different person, would have made him or her drop everything and get the hell out of there. In Cam's mind, however, fear works on a longer timeline. He sees the possibility of his kidnappers recapturing him, sure. But he also sees himself getting lost, growing hungrier and weaker, becoming less and less capable of finding food the more he needs it. A death spiral. Overthinking, overplanning. That's what his friends would say. They'd always assumed Cam was just like this, that he never second-guessed his own meticulousness. Of course he did. Even now, one very loud voice in his head was screaming, Leave the carrots and run! But these few seconds are an investment. A little extra risk now to shave off a slightly larger chunk of risk later. Net gain. And it could pay off. Could buy Cam a little time to keep moving without having to look for food. That time could make all the difference in a situation where... They eject from the water with horrifying efficiency, racing toward Cam without the second's pause that most humans need to take a breath and wipe their eyes. Cam had never thought about how comforting that pause is, how it can make even an enemy seem weak in a way. Human. But there's no doubt that these beasts aren't human. They're like wolves, large and muscular, or possibly slender like Great Danes. It's hard to tell under all those tentacles. Leading each monster is a tentacle tipped with a razor-sharp blade, which lashes viciously from side to side. Cam bolts for the tree line, his mind spinning with confusion and noise. This new information, that there are walking octopus monsters in the river, forces him to reevaluate everything he'd assumed and deduced so far. Paradigm shift. Like being at a restaurant, seeing someone burst into puppies, and realizing it's all been a lie. You're in a dream. It's exactly like that, in fact. Because this is, quite obviously, a dream. It doesn't matter how real it feels, because the facts are so clear. Unfortunately, and surprisingly, this realization fails to evaporate Cam's adrenaline, his panic, 
It doesn't fill him with the certainty that he could walk over and high-five these monsters, or simply blink a few times to wake up. Although this has to be a dream, Cam can't bring himself to stop playing along. It's too vivid. He does try the blinking thing, though, mid-sprint. Blinking has long been his way out of lucid dreams. Sometimes his brain teases him by making it fail the first couple of times, but it always works eventually. Today, it doesn't. Not at all. Cam makes it to the edge of the forest, but he can't see past the front few layers of trees. The octopus hounds are gunning straight for him, but Cam stops, hesitating. In a split second, his instincts feel out the three types of terrain around him. The river. Abject terror. Seriously, fuck that. Cam is going nowhere near the water. The forest, also terror, but of a different kind. Fear of the unknown. What's lurking in there? Could Cam outrun it before he became surrounded? Forget that. Would he even be able to outrun the hounds in that overgrown mess? The meadow. Open ground is best, but heading away from the monsters will put Cam close to the river and the forest, without much space between the two. Danger on two sides, potential danger on the other two. Horror movies tend to argue implicitly that the average person will charge blindly from the devil they know toward the devil they don't, usually right into a trap. But who knows if that's true. The marquee in Cam's brain reads, Cornered Animal. And without a conscious thought, Cam fast walks to meet the closest hound. 